Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. Brian Hirsch, a very good morning to you. You look Can nice and summery. Are we well into spring, uh, you know? Sorry? You, 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 we're you, well into summer. Oh, we're in we're summer now. We're spring a really yeah, long time. Yeah, I can see your shirt is like buttoned up halfway. You're walking around like a <laughs> Mr. South Africa over here. Kathy, it's my birth, my birthday next week. Oh. Just want you to know that. Okay. And so I'm starting to feel get, getting into that birthday spirit. No, no, I can see. Yeah. I can see. Because usually you look like a finance guy, but today not so much. So the birthday celebrations darling, are starting early. The, fi- the, the, the looking like at a finance guy has got nothing to do with clothing. It's what's in your brain. Oh, okay. And um, my, my brain is fully clothed. <laughs> This conversation is going down very quickly. <laughs> Brian, good yeah. morning. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. I want us to pick us to pick up from part of where we left off last week, um, which was th- there were two big, I think, outstanding yeah. questions yeah. that we needed to deal with from last week. The first one is around the two-pot system, right? And this is before we get into our conversation for for today, which is really how do we become more financially organized, right? Um, But let's unpack the the two-pot system. There was a a question from one of our listeners there. Yeah, they asked me, will they be forced into this two-pot system? So let's understand. The third, there's going to be actually three pots. The first pot is everything you've contributed up to to date. That's one pot, and then everything you contributed into the future will go into a vested and a savings pot. Now, the caller was concerned that currently, and I would assume, that their investments are invested in more long-term growth assets. And if you're going to move part of those growth assets to provide individuals to be able to withdraw, you can't be, you've got to be much more conservative. And therefore, that pot appears will be more conservative and not as growth orientated. And the caller was concerned that he could be forced to move from growth assets into something a little bit more, a little bit more risky or less risky. And he was concerned. Anyway, I checked up on that. It's very simple. The answer is, it, it, it was a good question. It seems that the transfer will happen automatically, which what he was what he was concerned about. But the le- legislation is still not finalised, and that is one of the points in, for discussion. That if you don't want to move into something more conservative, you won't have to. But as as I've said previously, we will get more information, and we should hear next week in the midterm budget. So, so, so what does it mean when you – what do you mean when you say it, it will happen automatically? So people won't have to apply? No, no. That will automatically be moved into these different pots. Yes. And the one pot where you'll be able to withdraw funds from, yes. that obviously will be invested a little bit more conservatively. I see. And he was Concerned. I don't want to be conservative. Mm. And I say to younger people, you don't want to be conservative in your retirement funds. If you've got 10 years or longer, you certainly want to be more growth orientated. And if you want to be growth oriented, you don't want to be forced to be conservative in the short term if you've got anything longer than 10 years, even less than 10 years. You know, if I think about where investments are at the moment, I mean, you know, and I've mentioned this before, one of the great gurus in the investment world is Warren Buffett. 
Warren Buffett, or his, him and his partner, are both in their 90s, the most successful uh, investment part players. They've always said when there's blood on the streets, it's time to be investing. Whereas investors do it the opposite way around. They start investing when interest rates are lower, when everything's euphoric, mm. and they start getting in at the top. And the, the point is, these are good times to be invested, bearing in mind that I've always said an investment is a long term. So coming back to that two-pot system, there are a lot of other questions. How much will you be able to withdraw from? When will you be able to draw, withdraw? Will all the pension funds be registered with the rules to be able to do that? We pro- probably will hear a lot more next week and then a lot more going forward into January, February. We also had the the question, um, I think it was Joanne that had asked this question in, in the open line, and it, it gained quite a bit of momentum, you know, the way in which people were so interested with um, how to deal with issues of donations, tax, and, um, you know, you explained the, the difference between tax evasion and tax avoidance. Uh, avoidance. There we go, tax avoidance. And um, lots of people were interested in that. And so it came down to this concept of individuals loaning others money. And what is it that individuals can loan to others? How do we um, basically navigate that, that terrain? I must tell you, you worry me terribly because you've got an unbelievable memory. I mean, the number of calls you get and the questions we get asked. I know, and just, you, it just came to me like that. And you remember Joanne's call. <laughs> but let me say this to you. I did put this through to legal experts, and they said that, that Joanne's question was that she got some opinion that does not allow individuals to lend money. Well, that's not correct. Ind- individuals are allowed to make loans and charge interest if they want. They have to charge interest if they loan to a trust, so loaning to a trust is a little bit more difficult, but they can. Uh, and the problem, the, the, the caller probably confused with them doing it as a business. If you're doing it as a business, obviously there are tax consequences. But certainly you can loan money. You don't have to charge interest. And as I said last week, rather loan more money if you're going over the 100,000 rand donations tax a year and then each year write off that loan against the, the allowance of 100,000 so till it's um, till you've reduced it to nil and very simply but individuals can loan money and can charge interest fantastic thanks for that brian oh, b- before we get into our topic for today i must read you this message it's going to excite you and it's a message from yash in in durban Yash, this is such a beautiful message. Thank you for sending it through. She says, good morning, Brian. I would just like to say thank you for all of the advice as I listen every week. And by following your advice, I've managed to pay off my home loan in seven years from a 20-year home loan. I started with your advice of an extra 100 rand, and then I paid more and more every month. And now I've applied for my title deed. Thank you very much for those comments. But just to let our listeners know what that meant, last three weeks ago I dealt with property and how you could save money by extending the bond. Not a great, certainly I repeat, not great to extend your bond because you're going to pay for that much longer. But in the short term, as the two-pot retirement system is to give you money in the short term, if you extend your bond, and I still have not been able to get any clarity on what extent banks have extended bonds for individuals, there is no database. I got, there was a further person I spoke to this week about, but very simply, if you're extending your bond, even if you're not expending your bond and you put more money in when you can, 
So if you're extending your bond because you want to bring down your costs, then as soon as you've got money again, plow it back into your bond to reduce those, that term again. There's no doubt about it. The, the, the average bond today, is being, the prime is 11.75, and the average rate that people are getting is around about 0.44% below prime. So you're still paying around about 11.3%. We don't know if interest rates are going to rise. Don't worry if they're going to rise a bit more because it's not going to be long-term, the, the extra rise, but it may happen. But very simply, the, any money you put into your bond, that's the return you're getting after tax. In other words, if you save that money, at 10%, you're going to pay tax. If you put into your bond, because your bond rate's at 114 you're getting that tax-free. The best way you can save, reduce your bond is to put more money. However much you put in, whether you put 50, 100, 1,000, plow it back into your bond. Uh, thanks, thanks for that, Brian. Really, really great advice. So we're going to get into our topic for this morning, and then I'll take our callers' questions from um, the listeners at zero, uh, just after 10.30. So that will be after the latest um, news headlines. Um, but the number, of course, to dial will be 086-000-2032. That's 086-000-2032. And on the WhatsApp voice note line, 614 104107. I must say, I'm feeling quite triggered by your topic for today, becoming fam- financially organized. I, I, I feel very disorganized financially right now. Kathy, what I've done is, over the last six months, I've done a lot of programs on different subjects. And what I thought I would do is, is just get the executive summary of getting financially organized. You know, life is about, we start off what you call unconsciously incompetent. You then move into conscious co- incompetence when people have been telling you everything you're doing wrong, so you stop doing it. So you you unconsciously become competent. Then you move into automatically conscious competence and ultimately you move in uh, to unconscious competence, and then you move into conscious competence. And getting your financial is you need to be competent. So I'm going to go through the pointers that are important rather than discuss each one of them because I've dealt with them over the last six months. The first is to make sure your dependents are taken care of. Get a will. When I let me when I was phoning, I phoned a caller now on radio, and he, he shared with me the following problem: his mom, his father died. His mom's not well, and he lives with his mother. And he's got two brothers and sister. He lives in the Northern Cape. He's got two brothers and sister um, living in Johannesburg. And his mom's not well, and he wants to drop a will for her. So he said to me, you know, it's the money's easy to divide. Simply say, between the four of you, you'll inherit whatever I've got, my pension and any other savings. But the property becomes a problem because he lives in that property with his mother. Now, if she leaves that property to him or even gives him the use of fruct, in other words, the use of the property during his lifetime, his, his brothers and sister are not going to inherit anything from the sale of that property, and they may want. So, And if the mother leaves the property to the four of them, then what happens to him? Because he's living there. So does he have to move out? So it's very complicated when it comes to property, particularly where one member of the family is living in the, other, in the property and the others aren't. So your valid will is important. Then the second thing is check all your beneficiaries under your policy. Because let me say this to you. The beneficiaries notified 
and, and, and selected under your life policies do not form part of your will. So if you say to me, I'm leaving policies in my will to my children, and yet in your, in your, in your, the policy beneficiary has one of, or, or not all the children, the insurance company will pay out as per the beneficiary nomination. It's got nothing to do with your will. And then important that you enclose all your health problems when buying life insurance. You know, it's, it's, it's becoming the same with short-term insurance. What is material and what is not material? So don't think you know exactly what is material or what's not material. Disclose all the information so, particularly on the short-term side, that you don't get underwritten at date of claim, rather get underwritten when you're buying the insurance. The same with life policies. And then not planning the unexpected. I mean, we all believe we're going to live to ripe old age and not get sick. But you have to have some emergency funds. Now, that doesn't mean investments in endowment policies or Satrix or any of those. You can't draw the money. You may be drawing at the wrong time because often when you need money, it's an indication of the economy and people start to draw money. Um, not sort of having some form of medical plan. We're still waiting for the low-cost plans, which I don't know why government are dragging the heels over this. They're talking about NHR. There's a lot of objection to NHR. In the current format, it certainly should not be, not go through. Whether government are trying to get it through before the, before the elections, I have no idea. And then using saving in interest rates for purchase than rather paying off debts. Get rid of your unhealthy debt. Your unhealthy debt is um, certainly credit card debt and then unsecured debt. Get rid of it. And then not budgeting annually, but budgeting monthly. The reason I say that, and I've said that, there are all extra expenses that are coming off. Kathy, you want to say something? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then living off credit. It's a definitely a no-no. You need to get your house in order. And we've spoken about dad, bad debt versus good debt. Your bond is good debt, and particularly that's where we live. But bad debt is unsecured finance, unsecured loans, and credit card. Don't be kidding yourself. If you don't pay your credit card off in full, you are paying somewhere between 17 to 22%, depending on institution. And then understanding. Savings are for the short term. One to three years, you want security and you want certainty. Investments are for the long term and you want growth. Understand. And then I spoke about risk. Understand risks. Not every asset goes up all the time. And you have to see through the bad times as well. So you need time in your investments. And then having a disjointed savings. I often get people saying to me, what must I do? I've got 20,000, I've got 2,000 rand a month. Go back to your drawing board and see how that fits into what else you've got. So don't just make savings in isolation. Do it all together. And then lastly, investments are taxed. Believe in that. And understand inflation. Costs are rising all the time. And we're all feeling inflation this year. But if you think about what's going to happen in five years' time, so that, those are some of the important things in getting yourself organized. If, again, if you want that information, you can send me an email to info at anchorcapital.co.za and I will send you the, the comments I've made this morning to getting yourself financially organized. Brian, you, I mean, you speak about the fact that we should not be living in debt, but the reality is that most of us are living in debt. Um, at which point does one make a distinction or make a call? 
So the, 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 the question around the two-pot system has been quite popular among South Africans, which is why the unions have been pushing for it. So if I'm having to make a decision around perhaps accessing some of my funds for retirement or going into an overdraft, maybe getting another credit card, which of the two devils must I pick? Okay, well, the same way as I mentioned, that if you're going to extend your bond, it's not a great idea, but it's going to save you money. Taking money out of your pension funds just means you're going to have a lot less at retirement. Because bear in mind, the success of investing is the eighth wonder of the world, compound interest. And money in the last five or ten years of any investment explodes in terms of increases. So if you take money out now, 25, if a 35-year-old takes out 25,000 rand now and the fund is achieving 9% and at age 65, that will cost that individual something like uh, 125, 50, 100, somewhere around about 400,000 rand less. But, Kathy. You say people aren't living. So, again, what you may have to do is take that money out of the fund. I understand people need the money. And then, as soon as possible, start paying more to your fund to try and make it up. Very difficult to make up because if you start paying monthly, you don't get the benefit of the compound interest because it's one month and then every year it's less t to retirement. So, all I'm saying is, yes, it's important. And where people can't come out, they need to relook at that budget. And if they're not coming out, maybe they're coming, they're not say they're not having got enough. But if they can reduce the shortfall, it's certainly better than just building up debt. All right. I'll be taking your call 086-000-2032, getting financially organized. What are the things that you are struggling with in particular around some of the matters Brian has um, raised this morning? And I think we'd love to take your calls and work through some of these issues. All of us really are, are facing, except for Brian. He, he, he doesn't know what we're talking about. It's 10.30, time for the latest news. Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. All right, we continue the conversation, Talking Finance with Brian. So, Brian, just before I move on to the, the next questions and also taking some of our callers, you are basically saying that if you have to make a choice between extending credit card debt versus tapping into your retirement savings, go for the latter. No, you should not be extending credit card debt. Mm. That's no. The credit card debt is ridiculously high. Mm. Extending your bond versus and the two-pot system, well, for starters, the two-pot system is certainly an answer. Uh, um, it's, it's, it's not one we, we in the industry encourage because it's going to have a major impact, but you are kicking the can down the road. So, yeah, I think both of them are possibilities. And there's a one that I wanted to mention, you know, and this is a message to smokers. Oh, yes. Particularly yes. smokers who, younger people who've got life insurance, very simply, if you stop smoking, your insurance and you, you and you and you charge by insurance companies smoker rates, you could get a discount of anything between thirty to forty percent on your premium. And the other two benefits of stopping smoking is certainly from a health point of view, and you won't and you won't have to buy cigarettes in a month. But the biggest, really, the biggest advantage is discount. So for those smokers, those people who are smokers and have life insurance. 
Look at the savings in premium. I, I know of one particular client. He's paying 11,000 rand a month to all his life cover disability. He smokes three cigarettes a month. He's paying 4,000 rand more because he smokes three cigarettes a month. And let me tell you, you can't, the insurance companies have ways of assessing if you're a smoker or not. So you can't say, I'm not a smoker if you're smoking three. If you're smoking three cigarettes or a cigar, you are a smoker. Sure. That is a way of saving to our smokers. All right. One question here says, um, good morning, Brian. My kids are all working, unmarried, no dependents, and renting property for now. Should they have wills? I remember getting financially organized as one of the a key issues that Brian mentioned when we started off the segment. Um, what do we do as what do we as parents need to advise them with regarding um, their finances? And what important information do we need to have from them in the event that anything happen to them? Well, the, the reason they need a will because they've got to determine who do they who they want the assets to go to, however small the assets are, ever large they are. So if they've got prop, they're renting property, so they don't own property, but they may own a car, they may have some savings. So and and remember, a will is an ongoing living 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 document. So. Get started, decide on who is going to be benefit from your will. Everyone may be different. There may be a girlfriend, there may be a boyfriend that they're living with, they need, that they want to they want to leave something to them. They may want to leave it to one parent, who knows? So the will means that they have the right to determine where the assets are going. If they don't have a will, then the assets will automatically go. If there are no, and no spouses, then automatically the will will go up to the parents. If the parents aren't alive, it will go down to the children uh, and then to the grandchildren and then either across the board. Have a will. Brian in Proted Glen wants to know, he says he got a message from a friend who wants to know how to invest money for her son in varsity in two years' time. Uh, please kindly assist with the platforms for short and long-term investment. Brian, I wonder, is, is does your friend want to start investing today for um, a child that will start varsity in two years' time? Or they want to start the saving in two years' time? Now, it sounded as if they've got varsity in two years' time. Okay. You can't invest. Invest, remember, has an element of risk. You're trying to achieve some growth. You need time. Two years is not long enough. Therefore, you've got to stay in money market. You can fix, You can put into fixed deposit now for the next 12 months. Maybe you can even put into fixed deposit mm. for the next two years because interest rates, even though they may go up slightly in the next month or two, over the next two years, you'll find interest rates coming down. A government retail bond is paying around about 9.25%. Uh, I reckon a two years is probably going to pay somewhere around about nine. You've got no, you've got no risk whatsoever. It's secure and safe. That's where you should be. So, so, so I guess then one of, um, one of, one of the issues is about saying, if you haven't had any opportunity to save for them sooner, then. You must be willing to put yourself under the kind of pressure you might need to in order to at least have enough in two years' time. Well, you just have the amount you've got today plus yeah. interest. I think of you, Kathy. You've got two young kids. 
you you talked about varsity eighteen years eighteen years time. You've got a long time horizon. You want to be anything you want to be investing. You want to be in growth investments for eighteen years time. And as you get closer to needing the money, your risk profile changes. So with two years to go, you're not going to be taking much risk. You don't want to be a situation where you invested money on the first of January 2022 and you're going to need it on the first uh, of January yeah. 2024, which is two years. You would be you, you'd be losing. Yeah. You'd be losing money. If you put the money in the bank, you'd be making you would be earning eight to nine percent on that money. You see, parenthood is what makes people become financially disorganized. Doctor, you're in for Good morning. In fact, let me do this. Let me do this. Apologies, doctor. I see we've got a break coming up. Let me go to the break and then I'm back with the doctor in for Talking finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. All right, I'm opening the call lines. Our finances are not disorganized because we have um, Brian Hirsch. Doctor in Verenigung, uh, easier said than done, right? Good morning. Uh, good morning, Kirsty, and uh, thanks for taking my call. Can I speak to Brian? Yes, he's on the line. Right here, doctor. Uh, good morning, Brian. How are you? I'm well, thanks, and you? Thanks for taking my call. Brian, just uh, one question uh, on the two million investment, how can I invest uh, uh, two million? Can I invest it on a fixed deposit, or can you advise me? Uh, I'd like to have a monthly income. Well, doctor, in in other words, when you're looking for income, the question one always asks of someone who wants to invest money: Are you looking for growth, or are you looking for income, or are you looking for both? If you're looking for growth, you're not going to get much income, and if you're looking for income, you're not going to get much growth. But if you're asking me. You need a monthly income with the two million. You know, you, the penny. Firstly, you want to know how tax efficient it is, because two million rand earning interest will earn around about one hundred and sixty, one hundred and eighty thousand rand a year. That's fully taxable. So the question I need to ask you: Are, are you working, and do you have a, a, a private income? No, no, I, I'm not working. I'm not working. I've got uh, little income that I'm getting. Okay. And how uh, old? Just, and how old just, are you, doctor? How old are you? Uh, I'm fifty. I'm fifty-eight now. Okay, so you don't get too much tax-free allowance in terms of investing that money. Bear in mind. So if you had to invest that money in a fixed deposit at nine percent, you'd get one hundred eighty thousand rand a year, and then you of that you would pay around about. And I'm just guessing now, but somewhere around about tw- somewhere around about twenty twenty-five thousand. So you'd come out with a rate of around about eight percent. That's after tax. If you don't, there's there are a lot of tax efficient investments through insurance companies, five year investments. But if you're not paying, they're very efficient, and there's an arbitrage. In other words, if you're a high taxpayer, then the five year investment plan with an insurance company is called an income guaranteed plan. But then the rate will be around about six point five to seven percent, which is good for someone who's paying tax at forty or forty five percent. But in your particular rate, it's not it's not that favorable. So I would say if you need an income and you need it, would would 14,000 Rand be enough? Yeah, no, 14,000 will be enough if it's after tax. Yeah, so I would suggest you look at government retail bonds. 
That's one of the things. A, two, a, two, a five-year government retail bond is paying 10.25%. And whilst 1025 may not sound so high today, I can assure you that in a year's time, 1025 fixed will be a very good rate because interest rates will be coming down. And then you could be looking with some of that money to go into an income plan with, in, 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 uh, with an investment house where you buy into uh, money market funds and you buy into bonds and a combination. So, doctor, what you need to do is you need to be conservative. You need to be secure. You can't be looking for much growth if you, if you need that type of money. If you told me you need 5,000 rand a month, then I would say there's a hybrid. Look for some growth and look for some income. But if 14,000 is what you're looking for, if that's around, then talk to a financial advisor. Talk, your banks have financial advisors. Talk to someone in that region uh, and, and get that advice, what the options are. Thanks. Thanks very much, Brian. Thank Thanks, Doctor. Much. Take care. Uh, okay. All right, Doctor. Thank you very much. Thanks Thank for you. calling Bye. in. Off to Cape Town now, Bongani. Good morning. Good morning, JP. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Bongani. Brian is also here. Morning, Bongani. Yeah. Morning. morning, morning, Brian. Uh, Brian, I just um, I just got the money now. It's like a hundred thousand. But now I'm I'm just thinking now, which uh, where can I I I, I invest? It was. My thing is, I was just gonna build a house. Now I'm thinking, okay, if I can invest in maybe 12 months, maybe I can get something around that. <clears throat> so I just need the help. Where can I invest? And then wait for that 12 months. Okay. Again, I'm not sure of the term you're using. Where can I invest or where can I save? When yeah, will you When will you need that hundred thousand? I will need maybe after 12 months. Okay. So now. you could. So you can't take any risk. Uh, so we're not looking for growth. We're just looking to to house the money somewhere to give you a good rate of return. Who do you yes. bank? Who do you bank with? I bank with APSA. Ask APSA if you need the money on a 12, 12 month fixed deposit. What rate will they give you? And then shop around it within the market. Ask the investics of the world, the coronations. Shop around in the market. Do you have a financial advisor? No, I don't know. Okay, well, you can you can call the investor. You can call the different institutions. Stick with the branded institutions, institutions you know. Talk to APSA, see what rate they're prepared to give you on a fixed deposit. As a matter of fact, I think there's an advert that's been running on SAFM from APSA that talks about 12-month fixed deposit at 10.5%. So... Definitely contact APSA and see that's the best place to house money for 12 months. And that's for anyone who's saying, I need short, I need to house money for the short term. And that's what I call savings. When I talk about investing, I'm talking about taking on some risk and I need much more longer term. I need five years or longer. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure. All right. All right, Bongani. All the best, Thank Thanks. Bye. All right. Lily, you're calling us from Newlands. Good morning, Lily. Good morning, Cathy uh, and Brian. Morning, I just want to find out how reliable and trustable is Finbon Mutual Bank. I've never done due diligence on them, um, and uh, therefore I can't comment on it. I've known this organisation for many, many years. I can't comment. All I can say is uh, understand what you're investing in, shop around the market, have a look what else is available, uh, and then make a decision. Uh, I've got no idea. I can't give you any answer on Finbon. They've been around for many, many years, but that you know. But I'm not adding anything in terms of compliance or con- confirmation whether they're good or bad. I don't know. So, but no. I, so yeah. So I, I, all I'm saying is 
I, I'm not, I, I wouldn't put my clients with them only because I don't know enough about them. I'd be quite happy to put my clients with any of the banks. I'd add to that uh, um, RMB. I'd add to that Investec, uh, those type of companies. Okay, hope that helps. So you can't, you can't find it for us or investigate them? No, because there's no way I can do a due diligence. You know, the, the public that can't do a due diligence on a bank. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I think they've, I, I, I think they've been sound uh, for many years. But I can't give you more information, and I certainly don't have the ability to do due diligence on them. Okay, thank you, Brian. Sorry, I can't help further, Lily. All right, all right, Lily. Thanks for the call. Let's take a break. I'm back with the questions on the WhatsApp voice note and more of your calls. Talking finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. Uh, our old mutual um, retirement fund. Um, we have subsequently received some information that we will be changing to Ellen Gray. Um, the uh, the fees were four percent. Ellen Gray are charging us one point seven percent the the admin fees. Um, however, in order for me to switch um, at fifty three, it's going to cost me one hundred and twenty five grand. Um, is that a good move to change to Ellen Gray? I think because Ellen Gray also going to, they're going to be more aggressive in the funding, in the in the um, in the uh, finances. They're going to be more offshore. Uh, but I just want to know: is that difference of four percent charged by the broker as opposed to one point four percent charged by the um, the new Ellen Gray broker? Would that be would that amount be made up over the course of the 10, 11, 12 years that I have to retire. Okay, well, firstly, that's a ludicrous charge for a broker, 4%. Uh, and, and so, but let's just talk about two components. One is the charge, one is the penalty by moving to Alan Gray. But remember, within Old Mutual, you can virtually invest in anything that Alan Gray can invest in. So it doesn't necessarily mean that Mutual can't offer you what Alan Gray is offering you in terms of going offshore. But the the charge that mutual are charging you is absolutely ludicrous, and therefore what you're talking about is early surrender of the retirement fund, moving to Alan Gray. The the broker needs to say if you're going to save two and a half percent in costs, just in costs uh, over the next twelve years. If you take the lower value now and you take the current value of mutual, you'll probably find that over 12 years, if you're saving 2.5% and that 2.5% is being reinvested for you, at the end of that period, you'll be far better off. But I'm just making a comment. Have you spoken to Old Mutual about reducing their costs, letting them know the reason you need to change? And have you spoken to and have you have you asked your broker? Can you invest in the same funds that you invested with Alan Gray on the old mutual platform? Those are two questions you need to find out. Will they reduce their fee? That means you could still be investing in the same fund, the same type of funds that Alan Gray are offering, and 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 not incur that penalty. That's what you need to find out from your broker. All right. Thanks for that, Brian. Hi, uh, Kathy with Brian. Uh, Kathy, uh, I'm sure maybe you're not discussing something uh, related to what I'm going to ask you. Um, I've got uh, an issue here. I used to work for a private company. Uh, they were deducting um, a, 
uh, money for retirement <clears throat> with momentum. So then the company stopped that thing. Then I'm no longer working for that company. I left them in 2020. Uh, when I tried to get that money since I've left that company, they said I can only get it when I'm, I'm 55 in retirement. Uh, I'm working for public sector at the moment. And uh, the money doesn't incur any, oh, sorry, it doesn't uh, develop any interest. It's just same all the time when I have a chance to look at it. It, does, it's, it just stays the same. It stays the same. Right. Let me make this comment. Firstly, if you work for a company and you're contributing to a pension or provident fund, when you leave, you're entitled to your withdrawal benefit, and that's paid to by the insurance company. There are certain taxes that could be paid. It sounds as if you, the company, didn't invest in a retirement or pension fund. They invested in a retirement annuity on your behalf, and if you're invested in a retirement annuity, correct, you cannot draw the funds before age 55, although when the two-pot system comes in, you may be able to withdraw some monies. But let me make this comment. It's non that you're not earning interest. That's rubbish because the money is invested in the portfolio is going to either earn money or going to lose money depending on the portfolio. But over a 10 or 12 year period, you definitely will do well and you just need to get from Momentum the value of your fund. It must be a retirement annuity. You can deal directly with Momentum. Ask them the question, what's the value of my fund? What was the value of my fund you left in 220? What was the value in 220? What's the value you now, you'll probably see that there's been a pickup on that value. 220 was an excellent year. 221 was an excellent year. 222 was a disappointing year with markets down. So far this year, markets with portfolios up 10, 11%. So you should be in the plus. Get that information. If you find that you can't, you, that information you've received looks like garbage, then you can give me a call and I will speak to Momentum. All right. Thanks for that, Brian. Colin, you're in Cape Town. Good morning. Um, good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Brian. Brian, I was listening to you talk about paying off your bond with extras. If you got extras, pay it off. You know, bro, it, it struck me. You know, I worked for the government, the old SAR and HSAFT railways in Harbors, in the engineering. I started working in 64. 1964, I started to work there. Then they had what they call a housing and if you contributed to it like two rand a month you went on a waiting list to have a house you know um, granted, uh, a loan granted to you from, uh, from the railways so eventually uh, I paid my two rand a month I paid it and so and so and I thought to myself oh, a couple of years later I thought to myself let me try and see if I can go pay extra and I was told by the housing board, the, the railways know, um, that bond is worked out till you go on retirement. You are now 18, 19 years old. It will be till you go on retirement 63. So it's an average of 30, 33 years. So I thought to myself, no, that means I'm bound to stay where I am. So around about 24 years old, I decided to buy a private house from a bank. Saved up and saved up and so and so. When I turned 30, I was granted uh, the loan from the railways. And um, they said to me, yes, now the house that I own now, they'll come and inspect. And if they do, 
buy it, they buy it from me, and then grant me the loan. So luckily, it was like a pre-war house, you know, too old. So I sat with two houses. But uh, when I went on retirement in 2009 drawing, I owed them about seven, eight hundred rand on my bond. So that bond was 33 years old. So I don't think government people can contribute extra on their bond. Will you find out if it's changed or anything like that, Brian? And I'll listen next week or something like that. Okay. I'm uh, 14 years away from there now. I'm not uh, geared up with the government now. You know what I mean? All right. All right, Colin. Thanks very much. Thanks for the question. Bye. Um, so, yeah, I think that the, 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 the it's, it's quite clear how the repayments on bonds, in particular for, for, for government workers, and I wonder if it means particularly those whose housing has been subsidized um, by their organizations. Um, that, that is the distinction I think Colin is trying to make. I'm going to squeeze this last one in because I think it's an important one. Um, one of our listeners wants to know, how do I invest in government bond? Um, how much do I need to start and which institutions will help me invest? You know, you've got to go online and you've got to go www.govco.za, govcov. Go online. It'll explain to you exactly how you do it. You invest directly with them. Uh, it used to be that you could go into a post office. I'm not sure where post office, which where their branches today. But you can go online and you can and you can invest. You can go to two or three or five year investment. Uh, remember, government bonds rates are high, but it is taxable. So if you certainly don't have a high tax rate, great place to be. Uh, so it's www.gov.gov. All right. Brian, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming in. Your radio line very quickly. 011-880-4888. I've had a lot of calls the last two weeks where people don't have an answering service. Uh, so I cannot call back again. And I've passed your name on to various people in your province. All right. Brian Hirsch, always a pleasure. See you next week. Hopefully when you and I speak, we will be... Rugby World Cup champions, putting it out there. As long as they don't take us through the stress that they took us through on Saturday, we will be fine. It's after 11 o'clock, time for the news.